0: Let's crack open a beer and share some thoughts. Welcome to Opinions and we are back in your ears once again. The beer is in the glass and we are ready to go, aren't we mate?
1: I have a Rattler. I'm starting off nice and sensibly, soon.
0: Well, I'm not starting off too bad. I'm on a premium Pills, um, but it is probably twice the ABV of your Radler.
1: Yep. So I have uh, a Radler from beer manufacturer Engel. Uh, Steve's Pills is also from the same place. And I must say, thanks to the Sausage Man, who is the, uh, I think they're the only ones who import these beers into the UK. So thank you very much for that. Um, we will be sampling six different beers tonight uh, and share our thoughts on it. And um, well, we've already put the beer in the glass, Steve. Ready to taste?
0: Let's, let's, let's dive in, because I'm quite thirsty
1: this evening. Cheers. Cheers. What's your pills like, mate? Crisp.
0: Um, quite earthy for, for, for appeals. I think I'm not really picking up any typical pills characteristics from it. So, so, so normally you might get a little bit of a little bit of breadiness, maybe some floral notes in there, but I'm finding that, that quite earthy. It's got a really crisp, refreshing bitterness on the finish though.
1: Yeah. I mean, I, I'm pretty certain sure when I had it, I wasn't getting too much of the bready notes. because um, I had it a couple of weeks ago, um, but I, I quite like my pills when they don't have too much of the bread going on. For me, I don't always need that in a lager, especially a pills when I just need to, you know, pick it up, crack it open, drink it, refresh myself Yeah, kind of thing. Uh, the Radler, um, it tastes like lemonade shandy. Um, more so than a recent Radler I had from Paul Anna, but I picked up from Beer Merchants. That one was very much more lemon than beer and sort of looked like it and tasted like it. I mean, this one still looks like beer in the glass, whereas the Paul Anna one definitely erred more towards the colour of the constituent fruit part. A um, bit like the shuffle, shuffle hofer goes a bit, is a bit pink in it, mm-hmm. or a bit pinkish red. It's definitely a summer afternoon, or if you, I don't know, if you don't really want to have too much on the ABV side, it would definitely tick a few boxes. Interestingly, 500 uh, milliliter bottles, screw tops.
0: Yeah, I've, I've never seen screw tops on, on beer. Not ever. Well, not even from maybe the States? No. Because no. mean... Well, I've, I've seen the screw caps that, that still look like bottle tops, but that you can screw off. Yeah. These are more reminiscent of your... 1980s lemonade bottle screw tops where they've got the the, the sort of metal almost well almost like the, the the sort of top that you'd get probably on a medicine bottle as, as yes. well um where it actually cracks the, the seal as, as yeah. you twist it and i've, I've never never seen that on, on 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 a beer before
1: yeah it'd be interesting to know how many more are out there because it's definitely very uncommon to see over here um But what I would say, because I thought about it and I thought, "Mm, I wonder if it will affect the carbonation at all. But I have to say the first three beers I sampled, I didn't notice any discernible difference. And the Radler has got plenty of carbonation in it. So,
0: Ah, See, now that's really interesting because when I had the Radler, I actually made a note that it didn't have a huge amount of life to, Ah. to it. Mine, mine really didn't come alive, um, and but much like yourself, I, I I did very much think this is a summer beer, and it's a beer that you want to drink really, really cold as well. Because I I found as it as it began to warm, it, it started to get a
1: little bit too sweet for me. I, I can imagine that. it's it's not hiding its lemon influences, is it?
0: No, not not at all. That's that's and and it's. It is it is like lemonade and, sha- and and lager rather than lemon and, yes. and, and, and and lager. And it's not, in the nicest way possible, it's like co-op own brand lemonade rather than Schweppes lemonade. Yeah, it's not Schweppes or our whites is it? No, no, absolutely <laughs> not.
1: It has definitely got that slightly sweeter own brand quality about it. Maybe even like a panda pop or something like that. Yeah, um, yeah. It is refreshing. I know what you're saying. I think... I almost need it colder, the beer, and probably could have done with the glass being cold as well, and the day being warmer and not the first Monday in February.
0: <laughs> yeah, we've we've definitely chosen the wrong time of year to to try these beers. That's that's for sure. These would be. I I, I think it's so strange, isn't it, how the the time of the year can affect how you feel about a beer. I, I really don't want to be drinking cold
1: lager tonight. I, I really don't. Um, but here we are. Um, yeah, I don't mind that so much, but definitely the Shandies and the radlers always spring to mind a hot day when you've got a bit of a dusty throat, a bit parched, and it really does do the job then. I'm enjoying it, but I, I, would, I would agree that if it gets a bit warm, I might find it a bit too sweet. Yeah, well, let's let's not let it hang
0: around in in your glass too long because I don't really want want to let mine warm up too much either. Um, we've got a really interesting show tonight, and 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 I love it when we we do these shows. And this was something that I think we promised that the in in our end of year show for for last year that we, we we'd have a look at revisiting again. We're going to be doing another one of our fantasy themes this week, and this was suggested by a friend of the show Paul at UNRCD, and this is basically. The fantasy six pack. So, um, six beers, small pack only. What does your six pack look like? Now, we're we're going to come on later on to some of our listener suggestions and and also what we're calling the ultimate ultimate six pack in in terms of collating all of those listener suggestions. But you and I are going to do our six packs throughout the show, aren't, aren't we? So we're gonna yep. do we're gonna do two now two in the middle and, 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 and two at the end, because we, we, we thought that way we get to kind of spread this out throughout the show and, and we get to enjoy it. And also our picks then don't necessarily trample all over what our, our listeners have put forward as well.
1: Yeah, no, exactly. And also, you know, we may have a bit of back and forth when we're talking about, about the beers and to do that for 12 different beers in one hit just seemed a bit much anyway. Yeah, um, And it's worked before spreading these fantasy choices throughout the show.
0: Without further ado, um, let's get into our picks. Now, I know independently of each other, we've both chosen a bit of a theme for, for our six packs. So as I'm talking, I'm now going to hand over to you and say, right, Martin, what's, what's your theme? And what's your first beer that, that's going into your fantasy six pack?
1: A bit of rationale and background to the theme. So we we went back and forth about this a few times and I started various lists, um, which I'm not going to reveal what those lists are because I feel that the fantasy options will be available for future shows and recordings anyway. Um, I decided to let someone else tempt me. And by someone else, I used one of those beer books that you have on the shelf that someone bought for you a few years ago. My Inspiration, 1,000 Beers You Must Try Before You Die. Excellent book. I've I've got that as well. It's a chunky book, uh, edited by Adrian Tierney-Jones. But rather than going through the whole book, which anyone who knows this book, there's a lot of pages in this book, given there's 1,001 beers, um, I went for the speciality section, or what they class as a speciality section, to at least give me a bit of a confines. And then within that, it was only beers I hadn't tried before. So this fancy six-pack is all new beers to me.
0: Really interesting because mine is the complete opposite. So, so, so my theme is all about time and place and, and reliving a particular time and place for each of the beers that I've got in, in my six-pack.
1: One of my options would have been very similar to that, Steve. So I'm actually quite glad I haven't gone down a, a, a same sort of route. Um, So, yeah, I I, I decided to let someone else's words tempt me to place it into my fantasy six pack.
0: Love it. Absolutely love it. Yeah.
1: I've I've made it as we do. I've made a list. It's on untapped. Um, So I'm going to go rather than in the book order, I'm going to go in ABV. Makes sense. Starting with the lowest, which is pretty much how we would probably drink our beers if we were sitting here now anyway. Beer number one. Canteon. Louis Pepe Framboise, uh, like a lot of Cantillon beers, this is a five percent. It is a lambic. Um, the Framboise, the raspberries, and th- I, I did have to double check because obviously I have drunk quite a bit of Cantillon over the years, and having visited the brewery four times now as well, and I co- so I'm quite partial to it. But I had a look on Untapped, and apparently I've never checked it in, so therefore I've never had it. And if it's pre-2013, I probably can't remember it anyway. So it's, it's one which, you know, I, al- I always felt I should have a Canteon in there, and it was quite handy, but Canteon beers appeared quite a lot in the speciality section. And 5%, quite a sensible ABV as well. Nice little starter. I do like that, that, that style of beer anyway. I mean, You know, you know, and uh, people who listen to the show will know that I've mentioned Canteon a few times. You know, I think they were my brewery tap room with Colonel, if I remember. The fa- almost like a fancy tap room, if I could choose two places. Um, so yeah, I've got beer number one, Louis Pepe fanboys from Brasserie Canteon.
0: Interesting choice. And it's interesting you say that um, obviously, you've, you've mentioned Cantillon a few times because I think I think listeners—if anybody wants to play bingo throughout this show and, and ticking off what they think we're going to be saying—that that's probably 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 one of the bingo choices that you can go for. Um, <laughs> cer- certainly, my first beer in in, in my six pack uh, will will be a bingo choice, and will probably come as no surprise to anyone. So, I've decided to go in. Um, reverse date order so I'm going to go most recent beers first going back to the, the older beers that I want to see featuring in my six pack so my, my first entry is um, not that we need a reminder of, of 2020 but I wanted a reminder of some of the good that came out of 2020 and I wanted a beer that if it's in my six pack and I'm going to be able to go to over and over again is an absolute smasher an absolute crusher no surprise to anyone. Elusive Brew Oregon
1: Trail is, is, is the first beer in my six pack. Bingo. <laughs> <laughs> There's a whole load of listeners that just said exactly the same yes, thing.
0: Yeah. Ev- everybody's out with, with, <laughs> with that one. No, it was just, it was just for me, I, I kind of, I looked at the styles of beer that was going in this as well. And, and I thought, you know what? I do want a, a, a crushable, pintable West Coast IPA. Um, and I I do want a memory of of, of 2020 because there's so much bad that that, that came out of last year and and continues into this year, but there was also so much good as as, as well. And and, and that's one of the reminders uh, of the good. And I almost want to go back, be able to go back to that first time that I tried it and, and relive that over and over again. And that's, that's the mentality that I had when putting together this list. It's not just about having that beer in the list. It's about when you open that beer you're actually reliving that moment as well on, from maybe the first time that you had that beer.
1: I think that's important with your, that theme you've chosen, Steve, because what you're trying to recreate, as much as you've enjoyed the Oregon Trail, second, third, fourth, multiple times, is recreating the first time. So almost having yeah. your memory wiped and tasting it for the first time and going, Wow. Mm-hmm. and i presume that's what you've got in your head for for the rest of these beers as well then for all of them yeah
0: yeah, yeah. absolutely
1: and i think that, i think it's a great and i think it's a really nice way of doing it because you will have right 2020 as you say you know we don't need to go on about it it's been plenty in there but yes that was obviously a plus and some of the innovation that was shown by uh brewers as well but you will have beers i presume now which will also be where you had it and perhaps who you had it with mm-hmm. so sh- Shared moments, which live long in the memory, as well as the beer itself, is what I'm sort of guessing from what you're saying is coming up.
0: Yeah, yeah. we'll, we'll, we'll see. We'll, we'll, we'll see as we, we, we go through. So, what's what's beer number two for you, mate?
1: Beer number two, uh, again, fairly sensible ABV, five point three percent. Survival Seven Grain Stout. So this is from Hotworks Union. Sorry, Hotworks Urban Brewery. And what I also had to do was actually check that these beers still existed.
0: Yeah. I didn't want beers, which don't
1: <laughs> exist. Bearing in mind the book was last updated, or well, my, my one, in 2013. <laughs> so I did check that all these beers are, are in production. Um, so, you know, the, the, again, I'm using what's in the book to tempt me. So um, it, it looks wonderful in the glass and the picture, uh, the bottle looks really good. I mean, it's maybe in a can by now. I don't know. This is <laughs> more than likely. <laughs> um, now, just to give you an idea, I'll just, I'll just read you the tasting notes. So roasted grains and coffee aroma give way to a semi-sweet chocolate creaminess. that enters, enters the dance with additional layers of strong Java. Java's a coffee,
0: is it? Uh, yeah. Java's coffee.
1: Yeah. Uh, It ends with a clean, smooth finish and a slight suggestion of pleasant bitterness that leaves you wanting more. And I thought that sounds like the kind of stout that I could have a few of. I don't want every beer in my Fantasy 6 pack to be extraordinary and massive and me having to think about it. This sounds like a really, really good stout. And at 5.3%, I can have a few of those. Mm
0: -hmm. It's it's a really it's a really brave choice you've gone for because you out for six beers that you don't know yep what what if you don't like one of them you're kind well, of stuck with it then aren't you
1: i am i am and that, that that is the risk i am taking here um but if anyone if you know if these six beers ever land on my doorstep <laughs> by magic
0: <laughs> in, in that six pack yeah
1: yeah then i i shall i shall i shall take the risk so your second beer steve
0: Uh, My second beer is, I'm going to get straight into this one, it is DuPont uh, Avec Les Bonvaux Um, and it is from 2019 when Emma and I went to Belgium. Um, We went to the place that I can't pronounce that's got all the puppets in it in, in, in Brussels um, and I saw it on the menu and, and I thought, well, you know what? It was, it was quite soon after we had recorded with Jezza and I was like, Jezza's always banging on about this beer. What's so <laughs> great about it? Ordered a bottle of it and that first sip of it, I just instantly fell in love with, with with this beer um those kind of rich peppery notes that it has there's there's funky crisp bitterness on the finish um it's a beer that i just want to go back to a- again and again so it's going in my six pack but it's going in my six pack with with the slight rider of it's the 750 ml bottle that's going in my six pack <laughs> no, none of this 375 ml lark it's the big bottle that's going in my six pack
1: so that's a west coast ipa and a belgian beer now you know couple two or three years ago steve I'm not sure that belgian beer would would have landed in that six pack
0: i don't think so no and i think it's um it's i suppose in in the interests of broadening horizons like i say sometimes you you listen to other people's recommendations and and you're in a time and a place and it just it just feels right you know maybe if i'd had that beer sat in a bar in the UK it wouldn't have had quite the impact on me but being sat in this wonderful bar in Brussels surrounded by creepy puppets staring at you after kind of the best part of a day traveling to get there as well it it was just perfect refreshment and you know it's it's a beer that since then I've just gone back to again and again and I I absolutely love it so yeah that's one that I want want to be able to have in my six pack to, to revisit over and over
1: again. Yeah, it's, it is a cracking beer. And I also think, um, like you say, shortly after we'd done the show with Jezza as well, so you're feeling a little bit more inspired, perhaps. You know that he rates this beer massively. Um, so, yeah. What's, what strength is it, Steve? Remind me. It's
0: 9.6. It's it's almost like...
1: I think, I think the only way I can describe it is like an
0: Imperial Saison.
1: Because it's a very deceptive one, though, isn't it? Because that... Oh, it doesn't taste it. That 9% plus is really well hidden because of yeah. everything else that's going on in that beer. So, okay, we've got Crushable West Coast, and we're using Crushable, still over 5%, <laughs> and 9% plus Belgiany.
0: Yeah, it's a, it's a great start. It's, 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 a, it's a great
1: start it's a cracking start you might not remember the last four beers you had in your <laughs> fantasy six pack but I look forward to picks three and four later in the show
0: yeah and, and what we'll do at the end of the show we'll, we will just run through our six again so so people don't have to kind of remember what they are through the show so until we come back to our next picks on the fantasy six pack what standout beers have we been drinking since the last show mate Any, anything that you've had that you want to talk about
1: yeah I've discovered Yonder Yonder Brewing in Somerset okay um, these are foragers yes Now that or that's traditionally well that's how they started up right and okay my my first experience of them a couple of years ago at a beer uh a beer festival was very much in that sort of funky foraged kind of character beer however um i must have mentioned yonder in the vicinity of my phone at some point because yonder adverts kept on springing up on my social media after that <laughs> And um, I noticed they were doing um, some six-pack offers, three uh, six-packs for the price of two. And I thought, okay, looked at the prices, asked a few questions of our bottle share friends, and everyone seemed, you know, fairly comfortable about Yonder so far. Um, but I didn't go for anything particularly wild and wacky. The, these ones in the 440 cans. So they had a, an English bitter, a Hell's, and a... Um, more of a farmhouse type of beer. But the two that I want to talk about, the bitter and the hills. Uh, the bitter is at 3.8%. Really nice. Still had a nice malty backbone, but it, w- it was still quite flavoursome. There was definitely a lot more uh, aroma and flavour coming from the hops than maybe you'd expect in an English bitter. It felt very much like a modern, modern bitter, made for for the 21st century. And the Yonder cool box, the 3.5% Hells, crushable. And at 3.5%, they had packed bags of flavour into that as well. But there was no funky notes coming out. The same with the bitter. And I haven't looked uh, too much into what they've uh, used to make either of these beers. But I don't think you would associate either of those beers with a brewery that definitely started off as foragers. And I'm pretty certain... Born out of wild beer, or some one or two of them who used to work at wild beer. It's the same neck of the woods, isn't it? Um, I was pretty pleased actually, because I again took a bit of a punt, haven't tried them before. And um, you know, under four percent, basically a bitter and a lager. It was nice, nice cans, been good. Although one of the cans, the bitter, and I think you mentioned it a little bit recently, Steve, when we were chatting, just a bit too full that can was a couple of times. Yeah, I'm,
0: I'm getting a bit fed up with cans that are over full because they, they just go everywhere. There's nothing yeah. you can do to stop it from happening.
1: No, This can has been just sitting in the fridge all day so it hasn't like it's been rolled around and thrown about. Uh, opened it and it wasn't like loads came out but enough came out. I was thinking oh, I've got to clean up now.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, so yeah, I, I, Wanda was good and um, also dived into the, into the uh, cellar over the weekend and had the Wild Beer Jambo
0: the Ooh, how 20, was
1: that it was the 2017 vintage and it was amazing it's into my beer of the year contenders even though it's a beer from four years ago mm. um, it's the 8.5% version it was there was no hint of alcohol really in this beer there was no burn no nothing it was just like having raspberries dunked in liquid dark chocolate that's the best way I can describe it But without it being, barely my 750 bottle. And I was sharing with Michelle, but for whatever reason, she wasn't getting on with it. So I did have a large percentage of that 750 bottle, but it never got sweet or sickly either. So yeah, that was tasting, cracking. It's one of those things though. Now I've had it, that's it.
0: Yeah, you can't have it again.
1: It's gone. I have no further Jambo 2017s. I don't know whether I picked the right time to have it, but four years on seems quite a while. Um, if you have got a twenty seventeen and you are tempted, then it is tasting absolutely fantastic at the moment. That was just glorious. Mm. It was a lovely beer on a on a on the Saturday, I think early evening when it was just starting to get dark and it was still peeing it down outside. Bit of a walk, bit of a cuddle, a warm cuddle from nice. the wild beer.
0: Nice, very nice.
1: So, what about yourself? Anything, anything leaping out at you?
0: Um, yeah, a couple. For, first one I'm going to mention is a is a bit of a revisit. Um, for, for some reason, I just I just really really fancied trying this beer again, and and that's Dark Star's Revelation, which um, is, oh, is wow. a beer that I haven't had for a while, and and, and I saw it on, on on the shelf, and I was like, you know what? I'm I, I want to I'm gonna I'm gonna have that. I'm gonna try that again. And it's, it's just as just as wonderful as I remember it being, um, you, you know, proper, proper malty, biscuity, full on citrus hops, lovely earthy bit of finish. Just just a real delight to to go back and revisit a beer that I literally haven't had. I think it was about three years ago since since I last had it. Um, really, really tasty stuff. Really enjoyed. Enjoyed that.
1: Oh, excellent. Uh, You are right. It is quite nice to do that revisit sometimes after such a long time. But equally, to then find that the beer is still very pleasing.
0: Yeah. Yeah, because obviously there's always that kind of worry that, well, it's mass produced for supermarkets. This is post Fuller's uh, Asahi takeover is it still going to be the same beer that I remember? Um, it, it was, um, but again, it instantly prompted a load of people on, on, on Twitter just to really upset me by, by saying, oh, that beer is wonderful on cask. And, and yes, Revelation on cask is, is an absolute beautiful beer. It, it really it, is.
1: Can't deny that. And, you know, uh, they've often, you know, I think that would be definitely something that people would say about a lot of the beers from Dark Star, but Revelation right up there as a, as a quality cask beer. Yeah, um, you'd have to put it on your list the something to uh, get hold of, but again even in the fuller's pubs in london they tended to only have hophead most yeah, of the time yeah it's not one that
0: you really see that much that's 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 the thing but still it's it's nice to know that the bottles are, are, are still tasting fairly decent so, so i did enjoy that now now the rest of my um, my shout outs this this week are, are again probably going to be a, a little bit surprising in in the same sort of vein that, that you mentioned about what one of my six pack picks with the uh, with a bonvo um first one i want to mention are Devosan who are a new brewery that are just on the Essex-Suffolk border. I think they're over in Suffolk. Uh, they're inhabiting our old pub, which I believe was called The Fox. And I think devotion translates to The Fox. Um who are basically producing small batch Belgian style beers. Now they've currently got four available. They've got the, the, the blonde double triple and, and quad and, and they're only available to buy at the moment through beautiful beers in, in Berry, which is a, uh, a small specialist uh, beer shop, but they do have an online presence as well. Now I, I bought them, uh, back in October, I, I think it was. I, I bought two of each, uh, and we had them. We had them fresh back in October, and they weren't great. Um, but a lot of people were saying. A lot of people that are much more experienced with, with Belgian beer than I am were saying online these are gonna These are gonna need time to age. And then over the last couple of weeks, I've seen those same people trying the beers again and saying this beer is wonderful now. So uh, at the weekend, Em and I went through all four of them again. And they have all come really, really good. Um, the, the, the triple in, in particular has got this beautiful spiciness to it. Um, spicy, sweet, sort of honey, sweet finish. Um the, the the only the only one that's still a bit iffy, maybe needs a little bit more time still is the quad because it was very, very lively when I opened it. It just exploded out of the bottle. Um so I lost a little bit of it be, because I think the the yeast is still doing its work sort of thing. It's still it's still going away and fermenting. But um really, really enjoyed them and, and great to have found this this tiny little brewery that are are fairly local um, to me as well that are producing these fantastic belgian inspired beers and and i know i think they've got a they've got a farmhouse saison coming out as well in in a few weeks so that's with with this kind of my newfound love for traditional belgian farmhouse saisons that's that's certainly one that i want to give a go and, and and try when it comes out
1: I mean, if 2015 Steve could hear 2021 version,
0: <laughs> No, it's, it, is, it is literally a, a, a revelation. Uh, and then just, just continuing a theme, I suppose, the final one that, that I want to talk about was um, Mind Games by Thornbridge and Firestone Walker, which is the gin barrel age saison that, that yeah,
1: they released. I, I picked up a few of these, one to have fresh and a bit of ageing going on. What did you think?
0: Mate, it was spectacular um you talk about beers going on sort of a, a, an early beer of the year list that that is absolutely it it was fantastically dry um tasted had all the kind of elements that you would get from a gin and tonic so lots of botanicals going on lots of bitterness in there sweetness dryness just lots of dryness it was literally mouth sappingly dry um but yeah just uh, a really really great beer i mean it came in my in my last thornbridge beer club box um and i thought you know what i'm gonna give that a try and it's it's just a delicious beer it's just the, the stuff coming out of the the, the the thornbridge barrel aging program at the moment is just stunning
1: yeah i i've really really enjoyed that beer um And I had this this sort of feeling about, um, you know, Fallenbridge, because they've been around in craft beer terms for a long time now, sometimes get overlooked. And especially because we know that their beers are always solid. You know, they rarely disappoint if you're talking about their staples. And even when they bring out their different pale ales and and lighter versions, you'll trust them. Mm. But some of the other stuff they've been chucking out, and especially in but I see in your your Thornbridge beer club box and stuff like that there is a lot else that they produce that perhaps doesn't quite grab the headlines as it would do for someone else doing it
0: yeah yeah uh, that I mean yeah that one in particular that that mind games was just outstanding just just an in, an incredible piece of brewing that that is and the, the way that they've used that the gin barrels to impart the flavours and the characteristics of gin into that beer as well Absolutely brilliant.
1: Yeah I mean did you just get the one in your box?
0: I did yes, but I also got um, the, the the big mother's ruin that they've just done, which I think is a uh, I think that's a golden owl that's been aged in um, gin barrels. As, as well oh, right. but i'm i'm holding on to that one it's big 750 ml bottle it's like like the serpent bottle shape um but i'm holding on to that one until the summer because i think that's one that deserves a a hot day to to be enjoyed
1: on oh that that would that that definitely sounds interesting that one
0: just one more thing to mention uh, as folks are listening to this show we would have had our sixth birthday virtual bottle share um, this past Tuesday, and we, uh, we haven't done it as we recalled, but we're really excited about what we've got coming up for this, aren't we?
1: One of the uh, bottle shops in Chelmsford, Hopsters, run by uh, our friend Ollie, has decided to pick and curate a box for us. Six beers, he has delivered them, and they are all wrapped and numbered as well. Um, I think we we sort of give a bit of a thing of thirty pounds so work within that budget. And um, all we literally have to do is turn on our computer, connect to Zoom, and Ollie will take us through the beers.
0: Yeah, it's it's, it's great because normally, um, listeners might know that normally when we do our birthday bottle shares at the Owl House, we normally, rather than bringing beers for that bottle share, we normally buy all the beers from the Owl House as a thank you for them hosting us throughout the year obviously we've not been able to do that this year and because they're not offering takeaways either we're, we've not been able to buy the beers from there for it which i think probably would, would have been our first yeah. option if we could have done um but we still wanted to almost partner up with a local business and hopsters were the obvious one and yeah ollie's been great and i am really really looking forward to this so um folks probably would have seen the the, the, the carnage and fallout on twitter by now but uh, it, it's it's one for us we kind of we're kind of talking about something that hasn't happened yet although like it has um but we are looking forward to it and
1: i've got no i've got no doubt it'll be a cracking evening it's a shame it like it's not in person but i am still really pleased that there's gonna be 10 of us or so enjoying beer all the same beers together at the same time through the uh, technological wizardry of Zoom, I think it's going to be excellent.
0: Yeah, which is something we haven't done yet. We've we've we generally enjoy one or two beers the same on on bottle share, but this is going to be every beer we're going to be drinking at the same time. So it is actually going to be like a, a bottle share, and it's going to be great. So to, massive thanks to, to to Ollie for sorting that out, and um, yeah, really really looking forward to it. Right then, let's, um, because the beer is running out rapidly, so let's uh, get through this week's news. First up, we've still got no news on when anything may reopen, not just pubs and bars, but life itself. Um, And as a result of that, we've seen a huge number of cancellations this this last couple of weeks, haven't we? So uh, first one was um, Glastonbury have, have announced that they've been postponed. Great British Beer Festival have cancelled. So, so we thought, well, we're as big as both of those events. So we should probably actually postpone the summer sesh uh, again this year. It's it's not something that we've thought about lightly. But realistically, um, I don't think hospitality is going to be ready for pub crawls in June. I I, I really don't.
1: Yeah, I I I think that um, we bounced back about this pretty much since the turn of the year and um, things haven't really changed. Things haven't really improved enough for everyone to feel comfortable. I also wouldn't want people booking, feeling they should be booking some travel or accommodation um, and then having to go through the pain of refunds. Um, and like you say, Steve, I don't think it might be a while before pub crawls come back yeah. as well, um, which is essentially what our summer sesh and our crimbo crawls have been it is a pub crawl by by any other name
0: that's what it's um, about, yeah
1: yeah so yeah it will still be birmingham but it will be summer 2022
0: now probably yeah hopefully yes well yeah actually yes <laughs> yeah i wouldn't i wouldn't want to think that we're we're putting it off another year but in place of that um we can't just let it pass uh, again without doing something so we are once again taking the summer sesh online um we're bringing it forward a, a little bit so we're going to do it at the beginning of may we're looking at the 7th 8th and 9th of may and yes you heard that right that's three <laughs> days Seventh, eight
1: um, and ninth. how many sessions have we planned steve
0: over the course of those three days we are planning eight different sessions that you'll be able to get involved in now we're not quite ready to go live with all of the details about all of those sessions yet we just wanted to give uh, you all a heads up in terms of date so you can get it in your diary and we will have some more information for you towards the end of March beginning to April about what the eight sessions are going to look like how you can go about booking those and also we are talking again to uh, a local supplier to us about potentially putting together a box of beer that you can buy so that if you're on a session you can be drinking some of the same beers as 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 other people um so lots of planning going on um but that's as much information as we can give you about it at the moment
1: yeah all i'm going to add is the planning involves steve having an idea and a spreadsheet (laughs) that's
0: that's that's how most things end up happening mate it it really is
1: I'm very excited about some of the possible possible plans that if our people and their people get it all on, this could be something really quite special. Still never going to be as good as in person. We acknowledge that.
0: No, but um it's the best that we can offer for, for, for now for you folks, our listeners. Um
1: because yeah, so, we, we still
0: want to see your smiling faces on, on, yeah, on the screen.
1: Definitely, and we've had so much fun on all the other virtual sessions we've done. So I've got no doubt this will be no different just maybe a little bit more ambitious.
0: Yes. Yeah, but so, so Keep an ear out for more information about that. Next up is the news that St. Peter's Brewery in Suffolk, um, those of the strange shaped bottles, um, not I think not so much anymore. I don't Less think they so, do those medicine shaped bottles anymore. Um, has been bought by a private group of individuals for an undisclosed sum. So uh, it was founded 23 years ago by John Murphy, who's decided that he uh, it's time for him to move on. Um, The new team is going to be led by Derek Jones, who comes from more than 20 years of global beer experience, including time at Molson Coors and Sab Miller. Um, So they're very excited about this new chapter for St. Peter's Brewery. I've got some thoughts about this. So St Peter's are a brewery that kind of, I think, always get a little bit overlooked in terms of the beers that they offer. They are very, very traditional beers. Um, Like we said, best known for those very iconic bottles that they've had. And they also have this anomaly of owning a pub in London called the Jerusalem Tavern, which I'm not sure if you've been to it, mate. But when you step into that place,
1: it's like stepping back in time I, I, it always takes me a while to get my head around it even though I know it but St Peter's own it it's an interesting one I mean I, I, I think I mean I, I can't pretend to be a fan of St Peter's I've enjoyed their beers over the years in various places and yes those medicine bottles are quite striking um, I wonder if people who are fans of St Peter's are a little bit nervy that someone's coming in who has got previous experience at Molson Coors and Sad Miller though So, well,
0: it'll be interesting to see what way they take it. I mean, I would anticipate we're going to see a rebrand will be the
1: first thing that we might see. Yeah, because not all the bottles are the same. There used to be that all the range was in those kind of medicine bottles. Yeah, I imagine they're also not the cheapest.
0: No, no, um, and I think the other thing we might see is maybe some renaming of some of their beers to make bring them a little bit more up-to-date and maybe experimenting with some new styles, which is, which is never a bad thing, or they could just go the complete other way and continue with the tradition that they have.
1: I think, uh, I think some of the stuff you've suggested there will happen, maybe not straight away, you know, come in, do the steady ship kind of thing to start off with, don't make any waves, wait until you know, see how the market picks up. The guy coming in is going to have his own plans and his own wishes uh, and uh, own of desires. Course.
0: And, and whatever team he's put together, it's if, if you think that the experience that he's got his 20 years experience in, in, in those big beer companies, he must have put together a team of expertise and knowledge that are going to maybe help turn some Peter's around a little bit. And, you, you know, maybe we'll see, we will see some new things from them.
1: Yeah, well, I think it'd be it's an interesting one. It's definitely an one. maybe one to watch.
0: Yes, yeah. So while we're talking um, takeovers as as well, the news dropped today that Heineken uh, have uh, bought the remaining stock in Brixton. So three years ago they bought it was. Probably another 49% job, wasn't it, that they bought some shares in, in Brixton Brewery. Um, and then much the same as Laganitas before that, three years later, they've bought the remaining shares in, in that company. And Heineken now own Brixton outright. So probably the question on everyone's mind is how long until we hear this from Beavertown?
1: Town? And to be fair, that didn't occur to me. Um,
0: Did it not? That was no. the first thing I thought was, well, they've, they've they've done it to Lagunitas, they've done it to Brixton. It, it seems to be Heineken's mo is is that they buy forty nine percent and then three years later they buy the rest. Yeah,
1: I'm I'm not saying it. You, you know uh, you're not right, but it hadn't really occurred to me. I was just interested. The Brixton one's just always been odd anyway, whether it be a minority stake, majority stake, or a hundred percent. You know, most people seem to think that regardless of the beers, one way or the other, Brixton Brewery was bought because it says Brixton
0: has oh, been a popular
1: yeah. location in London. It's a known area of London. You know, you could compare it to, you know, someone having Soho Brewery. Oh, hold on a second. I'll buy that one because people know Soho. Mm-hmm. Um Yeah, and we, you know, obviously we never found out what the minority stake was, but um their, their next chapter that they've got on their website um, very much says about the Heineken bit, but then talks about what Brixton have been doing and what they're going to be doing in the future and about how the same people are going to be running it. But you yeah, have people will wonder if Brixton brewery will sort of stay as they are throughout the time, because if it's about the brand, a bit like Beavertown, do you need the brand to be brewed in Brixton? Yeah. Decent, decent cost of real estate there. Maybe there's a little corner of um Beaver World that could brew Brixton beers. So you know, who knows? Uh, but yeah, I mean to be fair, it's a good it's a good point about Beavertown if the MO, you know, so when would Beavertown be then?
0: Oh, I think that would be due this year as well, because I'm sure Brixton happened. It was quite quite close to when Beavertown happened.
1: Yeah, so if it's it's going to be sometime during twenty twenty one, if it's going to happen, if Heineken have got the the cash available, and let's assume they have asset li- li- liquidity, it's for one of a better phrase for a beer company, um, then I would say that yes, it is a possibility, but it's obviously going to be a bigger outlay than what they've done for Brixton.
0: Yes, yeah, another one to keep a watching brief on. I, I yeah, yeah, interesting. That,
1: that I I don't think it will land well if that is their mo because then people will just assume that's their mo as soon as they acquire anyone anyone else in a minority stake yeah suspicions and hackles will raise straight away won't they Mm -hmm.
0: yeah yeah um there is a lot of news this week so bear with us um next up is the story that belgium now only has five trappist breweries permitted to carry the authentic Trappist product logo and this was after um news that no monks now live at is it Achel or Achel Abbey um and and therefore because it doesn't meet the requirements of being the production being overseen by monks it can no longer call itself a Trappist product
1: yes it loses the uh the accreditation isn't it i suppose yes
0: yeah yeah
1: so Um, does that mean the beers are going or does it just mean they've lost the accreditation
0: i think the beers are staying um but they just can't call themselves trappist beers anymore so i I assume they'll just revert to being called Abbey beers
1: yeah i mean if i'm being honest um when i go through my head about trappist breweries that probably would have been the last one i would have been able to name it's
0: kind of the forgotten one isn't it A, a, a little bit that and the one in italy yeah um next up we've got the news that um aldi are selling off beer that's been made by 13 breweries which should have gone into pubs and and therefore consequently would have gone to waste so they're saying that this is part of their commitment to supporting british suppliers Uh, some of the beers that they're featuring as part of this are hall and woodhouse tanglefoot harbour brewing Puffin tears Hook, Newton, Hook Norton, Old Hookie, Marston's Warsteiner, Shepherd Neem Spitfire Gold, St Peter's, Best Bitter, Thornbridge Shelby, and West Berkshire Brewery, Snake Oil. Now, this is a different snake oil to what we've drunk in the past. Yeah.
1: It's um, a couple of ABVs lower. There's some interesting ones in there, because um, the the picture on the website shows um, Shepherd Neem in their clear bottles, Um also, Tanglefoot from Hall of Woodhouse, I think, is a clear bottle beer as well. Yeah. And uh, West Berkshire Brewery Snake Oil, to be honest, I'd never... Even the original Snake Oil, which was, what, 7% plus? 7.5%, wasn't it? I don't recall seeing that in pubs, particularly. Not no. The, it was cans, weren't it? I'm I'm suspicious about this. I'm going to say it, because
0: our, it's kind of that time of year when Aldi would be running one of their beer festivals anyway. So... I, I do question whether these beers would have been going into Aldi anyway, and that they're trying to make uh, a story out of nothing really here.
1: I think there's an element of that. And plus like, some of those beers are definitely, they're some of the ones that I would have picked up from Sainsbury's years ago as well. Yeah, Like the Tanglefoot. Um, Shelby, that's already been in Aldi, hasn't it? Or one of the supermarkets. So it's not a new one in there. It's it's not, and I'm gonna
0: say this. I I don't imagine Thornbridge are having any trouble shifting their beers at the moment.
1: No, and also um, I think Shelby went straight into bottle anyway. I don't think it was was it ever intended as a draft beer in um, wide circulation.
0: Yes, it was brewed to coincide with the opening of Colmore Tap because of the Peaky Blinders reference.
1: Yeah, um, I mean to be honest, it will give people who go to Aldi regularly. A couple of new beers that they can pick up at a decent price, you know, because you have a certain price point, don't they? Yeah. Or price range. Yeah. Um, yeah. Oh, good luck to them. I mean, yes, I, it does feel like they are making a bit more of it than they needed to, though.
0: I think so as, as as well. Now, this next story, bear with us on this one, because it's not exactly beer. But there's news come out in the last few days that uh, the contactless limit on debit cards could be raised to £100. Now, the reason why we're mentioning this is because our second most popular poll ever was when we asked the question of are you a fan of contactless bars and tap rooms? Um, we had over 1,200 votes for, for that poll. Um, and I think this is interesting because this is quite a hike. We, we've seen the, the, the raise from 30 to 45 pound early on during, um, the, the the lockdown last year, and and now we're seeing them saying that we may raise it again because that's the way consumer spending is going, and there's more confidence in maybe the contactless era than there was previously. I just think from from our point of view, when pubs and bars do begin to reopen, it might be interesting to revisit this poll to see if people's views on contactless have changed, because I know mine certainly have. I very very rarely have cash on me these days and the times that i do need cash i, I needed to put some air in my tires uh, a few days ago and i couldn't because i had no cash on me to, to buy air
1: um
0: and it's it's just it's, it's interesting to see how how our habits have changed
1: um, on a slight tangent um you know the co-op petrol station near you yeah that tire pressure one actually has a card machine on it now
0: yes there are a couple that have now got cart machines and and even that because that's that's a 50p purchase that that you're making yeah and and before lots of places wouldn't even accept anything I mean,
1: under a five. Either. yeah definitely i agree with you and i think it may change people's views about about it a oh, hundred pound is a bit of a hike um be one hell of an evening out there wouldn't it if you're yeah. just drinking beer and you can do the contactless up to a hundred dangerous Dangerous yes. times, mate. And that's
0: that's the thing. Relating that to beer, it could be very dangerous. Yeah, because oh, well, you right. tap, tap tap tap. Yeah, tap. Yeah. yeah. But I understand. we'll we'll come back to that one. And the final news story this week is probably the one that caused the most waves on on, on Twitter in the in the last week was the, which was the rebrand of Anchor Brewing in, in the states. So if you haven't seen this, you must have been living under a rock but we will put a link in the show notes to where you can read all about it. Um, Particularly uh, a great blog by Pete Brown on, on this, this one. Um, Anchor have gone from very, very distinctive traditional branding to very, very bland, modern branding. My view on, on, on that there. That's, that's not our view. Um, And they've listed a whole host of reasons why they've done it. Um, And, Pete in particular in his, his blog points out that's great. um, But the new branding could very easily get lost on, on, on a shelf because it looks a lot like a lot of the other things that are out there. Whereas traditional anchor brewing stood out. Um, I, I guess I would relate that to Sierra Nevada, their branding stands out on a shelf. You're initially drawn towards it because of that quaintness almost about it. And, I, I just I, I kind of look at this in terms of if that was Sierra Nevada, being the fan that I am of their beers, I would be horrified if they had rebranded to look like what Anchor have rebranded.
1: Well, you'd have a little cry, wouldn't you, Steve?
0: I'd I, I'd, I'd have a big cry, mate. There's no little about it. That would be a big cry.
1: I, I mean, I, you referenced Pete Brown's blog. It's an excellent article, and obviously ties in quite nicely with his recent book, Beer by Design. Um, And he does go through it. He tries to give it a bit of a fair hearing. Um, I am in the same camp as you, Steve. Um, It's, it now looks like a brewery who have decided that their market is supermarkets. Let's face it, you can buy, there's a lot of beer in American supermarkets that is high quality. Um, And I actually think that Anki beers are very good. Um, But also I loved the labelling on the bottles. Loved the labelling on the bottles. And the bottle, I didn't need to read anything. The front of the label gave me the impression of history, provenance, told me what the name of the beer was and, you know, gave me the style and everything else I need to know. Now the new cans give a bit of a story. It's on the back of the can. It doesn't, it doesn't, it's lost lost because you actually have to buy that can to then read the back of it generally. Um, Especially if they're in any sort of six packs or multi packs. For me, it's very disappointing. the rationale, even that is a bit weird because they've definitely gone for revolution rather than evolution because mm. you know again, and peter's illustrated it brilliantly like with Budweiser, how many different iterations that Budweiser has been through over the years, but it's always looked like Budweiser, but they're also proud of that as yes. as well
0: that's so they aren't should like, be i mean
1: yeah it's it's not a beer for us but. There's millions of people who love Budweiser, and if I reckon if you made a Budweiser can to look like the Anchor can, well then you'd see some uproar.
0: The, the thing is, if if you time traveled from the 1920s to now, the Budweiser brand you'd still recognise it, whereas you couldn't do that with Anchor. Now it, it looks like a completely different beer.
1: Oh yeah, someone would say, "Oh well, I presume the brewery must have closed down. Someone's bought the brand and they're started up again. It's not the same people." Yeah, and I know that they said that the beer is the same, and I've just said well, I quite like the beers, but it isn't the same as the as the three fifty five milliliter bottles that they had. Um, it they've gone, I think they've gone just a step too far too quickly. They may well turn around and say, "Well, yeah." And in 18 months' time, they show increased sales. but I don't see it standing out on a, on a, on a beer shelf in a specialist shop or in a supermarket.
0: Yeah, I, I just think it's going to get lost. And, and I, think, I think one of the points that, that, that Pete made, and I know we've got a question about this later on from one of our listeners as well, so we'll dig back into this when, then. But one of the comparisons that Pete made in his blog was to the Marks & Spencer own range that they do with um regional breweries yeah and and it looks almost identical it's it's single color white text white logos and and you know that that's all it is now it's like you say it's lost all of that history it's lost all that provenance about it it's it's just lost everything that made it anchor beer
1: yeah the only the only thing that's a bit
0: extreme actually that the beer inside is probably still the same
1: yes um that's what they say so that's what we hope but for me, I would say the same as you. If, if I'm now looking on a website, thinking about getting some US beers, and I didn't know Anchor, I definitely there'd be no reason for me to pick it up.
0: You're just going to breeze past it, aren't you? Let's, yeah. let's be honest.
1: So, but I, I, most people had a similar view. The ones which I saw that were countering that view were, were definitely from a bit more inside the industry, a bit more on the PR, and a bit more on the sales side. Mm. Yeah, I mean the actual, you know, it's all very clean, you know, and all that kind of stuff. But if you know what came before, then it's a shadow.
0: Yeah, but like we said, there's there's a link in the show notes to to Pete Brown's blog. Have a read of that. Uh, make you know, and, and share your thoughts with us. Let us know what what you think about this. Use that hashtag opinions. As I said, that was a bumper edition of the news. It's, it's been a while since we've had that much news. Uh, my glass is long empty of, of the premium pills from, from Engel. Yeah, it's it's a perfectly drinkable pills. Would probably be much better enjoyed on, 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 on a hot day, but perfectly drinkable, very enjoyable. What, what, what about your, your,
1: your Radler, mate? Yeah, I mean, I tried to... Uh drank it out as much as I could, but it was gone by before halfway through the news, mate, because as you say, a bit of a bumper session, that one. Yeah, it was nice. It's a beer which deserves to be cu- drunk cold and quickly, to be honest. It's not a sit down save it, and think about it kind of beer, but nothing wrong with it. it was, it's very enjoyable, and I would say it's probably a little bit more to my tastes compared to the Paul Anna Rattler that I had recently, because that was a bit thicker, a bit more lemon. This definitely felt like top deck with <laughs> Top deck, with a bit more alcohol in there rather than me thinking I was being quite, you know, a man when I was about eight drinking a top deck shandy.
0: <laughs> Great
1: stuff. Um, so let's move on
0: to our next beer this evening. So I've got the Keller Pills
1: from, from Engel. Uh, what are you on this time, mate? Well, very similar. Mine's called the Keller Beer. Um, I presume it's around about the, f- f- oh, it's 5.4%. I have leapt up the ABV scale.
0: Oh, I'm still on 4.9. So I'm, oh. I'm you know, going steady now. At You're going steady. So,
1: uh, well, let's, uh, let's dive in. Yeah. Cheers. Cheers.
0: Oh yeah. That's more to my tastes. That one.
1: It's good. That one, isn't
0: it? Yeah, that's really good. That is, uh, there's a little bit of the breadiness in, in that, which brings a little bit of sweetness with it as well. Um, the carbonation is all kind of dialed down it's got that softer carbonation um yeah and it just comes through on a really really clean crisp finish on that that's that's actually quite delicious that keller peels uh
1: the keller beer seems to share some characteristics that you just described there actually with a bit of breadiness and a bit of sweetness almost um almost a little bit of honey coming through on there as well um like i said 5.4 percent it is very refreshing. It's, it's, it feels like a bigger beer, obviously compared to the Radler I had earlier. Yeah. I have to admit, the, the, the Keller, the Keller pills you've got, I was I was most impressed with that. Most impressed with that. Yeah, um, it's
0: really I, really tasty.
1: I, I must shout out, but the glass that they also sent to us, it's got a real feel about it, hasn't it? It's a, yeah,
0: it's it's a proper sort of stein, isn't it? And, and yeah. it does it does fit the beer perfectly in the glass as
1: well. Yeah, and it's a heavy glass without liquid in it. Yeah. I mean, this is a pretty dangerous weapon, I would suggest. <laughs> <laughs> it,
0: it, it is, but it's it's nice to actually drink the beers from the glass they're intended to be in as well.
1: Yes, yeah, definitely. It's Yeah, I've been impressed. And again, you know, uh, all of the beers have, share the same screw top. They're all 500 milliliters. But yeah, the Keller beer feels bigger. It feels like the sort of thing I have experienced before when I've been over to Germany. Um, mm-hmm. There's quite a bit going on with that one. I'm enjoying that.
0: So while we're enjoying those, let's get in to this week's questions.
1: Opinions, opinions,
0: opinions, opinions. So first of all, uh, the poll that we're not going to feature tonight was the one that we ran this uh, past weekend, which simply asked, is there a single beer that has had the biggest impact on your beer journey? 373 votes 70% of people said yes 30% of people said no over 150 replies to this one of people just instantly giving us this beer this beer this one so so the top three that, that, that we got back in reverse order were Brewdog Punk IPA Sierra Nevada Palau and Thornbridge Jaipur I'm not
1: surprised by any of those no um It was only this evening when I first saw the the top three that you'd compiled, Steve, from the comments. And, you know, thank you very much to everyone who did comment on the poll as well. They are all very obvious, but they're obvious for good reason. You know, especially Punk IPA in its day. Forget about what people think about it now, and opinions differ uh, quite widely on that. But I would suggest that Jaipur is probably my the biggest impact on my beer journey back in 2011. I think you've got on record of about your love of Sierra Nevada Palau not moments ago. Yeah, um, tw-
0: 2012 for, for me was the, the the moment with Sierra Nevada Palau.
1: And Punk IPA and everything else connected to BrewDog when they first started making waves. Yeah, I can see that.
0: Yeah. And th- there are two comments that, that, that sum this poll up perfectly. So, so I won't be able to cover all of the comments on this one because because isn't this isn't the one we're featuring tonight. But if you do want to see all of the comments, there is a link in the show notes to the question. You can click through on that and have a read through. But but these two comments, I think, really sum it up. So first up from Simple Things at ST Fermentations was about to vote yes. And then thought, ah, what about and oh. And um, so I had to vote no. which which I think a lot of people probably found themselves in in that situation that they couldn't pinpoint a single beer. Um, But then this one for me really, really nails it. And this is from Holly Bush at Holly Bush Beer. Thornbridge Jaipur. It was like going from drinking in black and white to full HD colour. And I think you could probably insert any beer in there rather than it specifically being Thornbridge Jaipur. But I think that, that quote in particular really, really summed that up nicely.
1: Yeah, no, it is a lovely quote, but I also do appreciate uh, the simple things fermentations quote as well.
0: Yeah. Yes, a a, a tough one to actually nail down. Now, coming on to the main thing that that we're talking about this week, which is back to the Fantasy Six Pack and looking at what some of our listeners would pick. So, obviously, we asked the question. uh, There was no poll attached to this one. We simply asked, which beers would you pick? Um, This question in particular had over 700 engagements to it when when we put it up on Twitter. We had over 80 replies to it. Um, The most suggested breweries across all of the replies that we had were the Colonel, who had 11 different beers, and Cloudwater, who had eight different beers. And to be fair, from those eight different beers, I think six of them were six different versions of their original versions of their dippers that they, that they tried um, back in sort of 2015, 16, 17. Doesn't so, surprise
1: me. People have their favourites.
0: Yeah. So before we dive into uh, the listeners' and 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 their picks let's go back to our picks so let's look at beers number three and four for us um should i go first yeah i was gonna this, say
1: this time what, what's your what's your third choice for your fantasy six-pack steve
0: Okay, so still going back, uh, just a reminder that mine are all about time and place and, and that first time you drank a beer and the experience that you had with it. Um, I'm going back in date order, so I'm back to 2018 now and I am once again enjoying a beer from Beaver Town called Heavy Lord, which ended up being our both of our beers yeah. of the year that, that year. Without knowing we had both picked that one, um, it's... Uh, imperial stout, the barrel aged imperial stout, which I think they did with three Floyds from America, um, yeah. that is thick and it is sumptuous and it is delicious and it's delightful and it's got better every time I've had the delight to try that beer and I've still got one bottle of it in my cellar. I just remember the first time i drank drunk it, just sitting back and going, whoa that is so good that is so complex there is so much going on in that beer it's it's an absolute delight to drink it and for, for me I, I kind of needed a big beer in my six pack as well it's a big beer it is a big beer. it's what <laughs> 13 14 as well isn't it it's, it's not a small beer um but yeah i that that's going into my six pack as as kind of my my imperial stout entry i guess
1: it's a beautiful looking bottle as well. Um, yeah. and yes, coincidentally, yes, we did have it. It's the same, same beer of the year that year. I had mine on a hot summer's day sitting outside the Beavertown town tap room in Tottenham, um, completely the wrong time of year to sit there and drink that beer. And I still had the same reaction as you going bloody hell. Really? Um, yeah. Cracking choice there, Steve cracking choice. If you're drinking these beers in the order you've described them, you're not getting to <laughs> f- four, five, and six, mate. <laughs> well, my third beer, um, and again, i having looked at my list, there's a, a little bit of a theme, but um, I've gone for a beer from Cascade, who I've only recently discovered uh, when I put an order in with beer merchants back at the turn of the year or at the end of last year. Um, this is their Creek Ale, so cherries. Uh, it's 8.1, uh, and for those who don't know, I'm sure most people are. You know, Cascade is is based in the states. Um, I, I, like I said I do love these style of beers. Um, not, I suppose we've gone up to 7.4 uh, percent according to Untapped. The books is 8.1, but maybe it's changed over the period of seven or eight years. So it's a, it's a steady increase in my ABV intake. Um, but again, it's a corking cage bottle as well or it was back then. It looks lovely. Um, You need a seven, as you did, Steve, you've got a 750 cork and cage with your second choice. You need it in a six pack, don't you?
0: I think so. I think, I think you've got to have that little bit of um, extravagance in, in your six pack, haven't you?
1: Well, it stands out, doesn't it? It looks good as well. And hopefully in my case, I'm hoping that the product inside that has been sold to me purely by the words on page 872. (laughs) of the one thousand and one beers that you must try before you die edited by ATJ. Um, but it just looks wonderful and the descriptions of it and everything about it just sounds absolutely fantastic. So yeah, beer, beer number three. And as you say, Steve, we will re- recap all of these anyway. So go on then. What's the fourth one? Where are you going? Where are you going with number four? Okay. Which, which so journey in time.
0: I I've got for number four, I have a specific date, for it as, as as well so this is from the 9th of August 2016 um it was the first beer I had that day and it was after I'd spent the entire day traveling to the states um I landed in Florida for a visit to Disneyland went to the supermarket found Cigar City Invasion Palau on the shelf got back to our villa, opened the can, drained it, and it was the most delightful experience that I had ever had. That beer tasted like the nectar of the gods. It was crisp and cold and refreshing, but it was hoppy. It was bitter. It was full of flavour. It was everything I had been sold about US beer. <laughs> <laughs> and... Just drinking it in that moment, I was like, Oh my god, I want to live here. Um, it was just fantastic. Um, and it's it's that one rather than the obvious cigar city one of, of High because that was the first one I had in, on, on American soil, and it's that moment again that I want to recreate because obviously in August temperature even of an evening in in Florida is quite humid it's still very warm and literally bringing that beer straight from the the fridge in the supermarket to the villa cracking it open I don't even think I put it in a glass just drained it straight out of the can it was amazing I absolutely loved it and and that's the experience again that I want to recreate with
1: my six pack um does sound amazing especially the first beer hot weather cold beer crisp clean hoppy I mean that ticks a lot of boxes. I presume did I presume the place where you bought it from didn't have High No,
0: they did, they did they had High Um, I, I literally I think we landed um I was in the I was in the supermarket about 10 minutes and I already had about $60 worth of beer in in my trolley. Um hadn't even worried about food. I just went straight for the beer. Um there was highlight in there, but I was doing the sensible thing of of going by A B V. So scarcity invasions five and a half percent um so th- so that was the beer that i wanted to try and i think the next beer i had after that was Highline, and then i was literally like i was blown away i was like good god this beer is amazing um it's uh, because i think that was one of the beers that i was recommended by matt curtis to search out when when i was in florida was cigar city Highline, and i i was not disappointed when when i tried
1: that no um yeah i i, I definitely have never been disappointed by having Highline myself but yeah, you've definitely got that time and place in your head as well there with that one. But I like that. First choice. The first beer on US soil. Good yeah. One, that. Why not? Yeah. Yeah. Um, now, this one may not be a surprise to people, but it does appear in the book. Pliny the Elder.
0: I, I knew that would be on your list somewhere. <laughs>
1: <laughs> it may well be another bingo choice by a few people. Um, you know, it's every time I read a bit about this beer or see about it, and think about it's it's one of those beers which it's got such a a background to it and so many people pliny the elder may well be people in the states maybe their jaipur their sierra nevada and their brew dog the pliny the elder eight percent abv first brewed in in 1999 it is a real wish of mine to try that beer but I, i have to admit I would be ever so grateful if a bottle of it just landed, but to go and try that at the Russian River Tap Room,
0: mm, yeah,
1: would be just absolutely perfect. And it may, and you know, it may well fall into that "don't meet your heroes" <laughs> category, but somehow, I don't think so. Judging by what people have said over the past, But even though they're, they had these high expectations, I haven't seen many people seem let down by it. And that Pliny for president that we had last year that Michelle managed to get for us, um, you know, and that's not the original one, but that was tasting mighty damn fine when we had it. You know, the the, the West Coast IPA has made an appearance into my six pack. It took to be a number four for that to happen, but it's there.
0: Yeah, that's I've got I've got to say that's a little bucket list thing for, for me as well is is, is to go visit. The west coast of of the states, and do the Russian River Taproom and and also just just go and live in Sierra Nevada for a couple of days. That that's a that's a beer geek's dream, really, isn't it? To, To to go and to go and drink beer on the west, actually on the west coast of the states.
1: On the west coast of the states, in the place, I think you would you'd probably have a bit of a wow moment when you first went in. It wouldn't be necessarily have to be wow about the setup it'd be that wow that you've entered knowing that in a few minutes you're going to be having that beer that you have had, has had, had such an impact on you and that you love so much. And then you would just sit there. I think you almost take, need to take a moment mm. to well, take maybe, it all in.
0: Maybe there's a little, you know, maybe someone's cutting onions. At that moment, as well, and there's, <laughs> there's 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 this water leaking out of your eyes. As, you know, I, I can I can envisage myself sitting on a bar stool and straight away I'm already getting emotional because the concept of sitting on a barstool, but but sitting on a barstool in in the Sierra Nevada taproom and having a fresh pint of Sierra Nevada Pale just put in front of me, I, I think I think yeah, it'd be a it'd be an onion cutting moment that would. You just sit there and admire it for a few seconds before diving straight into that and oh getting goosebumps just talking about it maybe there's
1: another fantasy thing there steve for us without without getting too emotional hopefully
0: yes yes so that's choices three and four uh we will come on to our final choices a little bit later let's get in to what some of our listeners um suggested in terms of their fantasy six packs
1: so david from dw markham great idea with the fantasy six pack guys Sierra Nevada Pale Ale, Jaipur, and Augustina Hells instantly take half the slots. Throw in a Saison DuPont, a bottle of Chimay Blue, and round things off with an Abbeydale Heaven. That's a quality six-pack.
0: I really like that six-pack. There's, there's a little six bit six of something for everyone there,
1: isn't yeah. there? Yeah. And uh, from Russ Clark at Gentleman of Beer, Augustina Hells, Fuller Sierra, ESP, Sierra Nevada Pale, Orval, Schneider Tap Six, and Pliny.
0: Um, so from Russ there is, oh, that's obviously Russ from Amity. Uh, the first three beers there. Hey, why not just create your own versions of those and make them in your own brewery? <laughs> <laughs> which is which is exactly what they did,
1: wasn't it? Well, guess where the inspiration came from. <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah. From Ian Hay at I.I. Hay. Chestnut mild at the high moon in Skidby. Spruce saison six degrees north. Tetley was my first pub pint. McEwan's 90 shilling new boo by brew york and grimberg and blonde all for nostalgic reasons from james martin at jim underscore lancashire Kane's bitter at the wheat sheaf via bell service in Notty ash in the 90s jennings bitter at the roscoe head in liverpool in the 90s theakston's best at the black ball in Penwortham. black sheep at the victoria arms in layburn hetton powell at the craven arms in apple tree wick and Harvey's Sussex Best at the Cricketers Arms in Brighton. So somebody going for sort of places as well that, that, that mean something to them for those beers.
1: Oh, yeah, definitely. That was definitely a bit more outside of the small pack, six pack, but I love um, the nostalgia behind it as well. Love that. Um, from your boy, Rob Edwards, six pack of Odell IPA, Done. And in case anyone wondered, yes, that is definitely Rob's favourite beer or one of, but he's definitely referenced that more than once in the past. Yes, yeah. And from Jezza, who we have mentioned at Bonvoo, has anyone else said they'd go for six bottles of a Le Bonne 75 centilitres, of course? Well, not till now, Jezza.
0: No, but I, I've got one. But, but yes, and, and again, it, it has to be the 75 the, the 75 centiliters one but if
1: you're going to go mil. if you have to go in going properly mate
0: exactly uh from wind Angle at wind Angle. this is my ipa happy memories box so meantime ipa 750 ml bottle from around 2010 dark star green hop from around 2012 stone enjoy by second 14 from 2014 Cloudwater Dipper version three from 2016, Leeds Manchester Newcastle by North Track and Wylam from 2018 and Burning Sky in Decision Time Nelson from 2020. From Jay at JZ1878, Green Duck Blonde, Smooth Criminal and Forged, Punk IPA, Jaipur and Flying Dog Doggy style, half nostalgia, half local greatness.
1: Some fantastic choices coming up, and just going back to uh Wim Fandangle, I quite like the the Meantime IPA, the 750 cork and cage bottle has got a bit of love, yeah,
0: yeah. That was um, Marks and Spencer, wasn't it? You used to be able to get that from,
1: yeah, um, but like I said, first time I saw it was in the, the around 2006 in 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 Greenwich at one of the like these sort of artisanal places, and um, I, I enjoyed that. It was a, I mean, it's a I mean, it's a world away from most of the stuff they do now, um, but. Yeah. That's nice to get that bit of love there. Nice memories from Ronnie Bean at Ronnie Bean. Budva asked mum to buy me Budweiser. Magic Rock Common Grounds. Magic Rock Highwire. Oak and Green Devil. Siren Broken Dreams. And Rabbi Burns Porter. Not familiar with the last one, I have to admit. But the uh, there's some some good ones in there with the uh, Common grounds and the green devil, I have to admit.
0: Yeah, great shouts on 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 those two. Uh, two that probably completely passed me by when I was when I was thinking about mine, actually.
1: Yeah, which you know, common grounds, you're a big fan of that. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, love it. Love it.
1: Uh, from Sean O'Reilly, I'm Cruelia, Larga us all day IPA. He notes, my first craft beer. D- Duchess de Burgoyne, happy memories. Adnam's nut brown from his youth malden's black adder first beer to ever make an impression and adnams a6 best beer i've ever had and old ch- chimneys hood king henry because i've never had it
0: i think i think that might have been good king henry I th- I think that, uh, that was been, just that might have been a typo in in there
1: <laughs> brilliant <laughs> you go it's damn auto cue yeah um, but yeah, I like the uh, the Adams A Six. Was that the one they did with Six Degrees North? Yeah, the big Imperial Stout. Yeah, yeah, that's a good, that's a good beer. Delicious
0: beer, that absolute delicious beer. Great shout on that one. Um, now bear with us a little bit on, on this one <laughs> because um, this this next one is from Miles Lambert and uh, Miles in true Miles style uh, did this in seven tweets. So it was one tweet for each of his choices in his six pack. But he he prefaced that by saying the six pack format prevents Martin from picking Fuller's Vintage Owl, (laughs) all of them, as one of his picks. Very clever. And he then goes on to say, so going to start with an obvious choice. Russian River Pliny. Only ever had it once, a gift from the Owl Trail. And although often famed beers can be a letdown upon tasting, none of that was this. It surpassed my expectations, felt old school, classic, everything I love about IPAs. Next up, Burning Sky Flanders Red. This was the first Burning Sky beer I ever had at Indie Man back in the day. I remember how fond those, those serving it were of it and how classy it tasted. Set up my fondness for Burning Sky beers since then. Can I make an extra special request for a bottle of Magic Rock Cannonball? I say bottle because that's when cannonballs seemed to be magical to me. It was hard to get a hold of, and I'll never forget that moment when I first opened one and the aroma grabbed my soul. I adore Imperial stouts, and one of the greatest I've ever experienced was a Goose Island Bourbon County stout, which 300 beerheads shared with me as the final beer of 24 in 24, an eight-year-old version and was delicious. To share it was a good power, with a good pal was magic. I simply couldn't have a pack without Almas de Echelon. The free trade in-house cask beer, the place I longed to get back to. And then finally, I will never forget the first time I travelled halfway across the country to a beer festival with very loose plans to meet folk. However, when I bumped into Steve within seconds of walking into my first indie Man and promptly got whisked off for a Buxton, Wyoming sheep ranch, I knew I was in for a good weekend. Great memories there from, from Miles. And that's, that, that's really what I wanted people to share as as well was 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 not just here's here's the six beers. I wanted some people to go into that little bit of detail around why why are those beers special to you?
1: Yeah, no, I agree. And I think it's it's really fun reading and listening to where people have added their own comments as well. So rather than just list the beers and I've got no problem with lists, you know, mean me and you love a list. Um but yeah, they that little bit of a, a sense of place, a sense of time. And in the, you know like the last one where um, I'm presuming he's referencing you as the Steve
0: yes, yeah absolutely because
1: <laughs> it sounds like the type of thing you would have done
0: <laughs> yeah hi hi miles C- quick this beer have it now yeah yeah uh,
1: and yeah I was in for a good weekend, probably half of it forgotten after starting off on Buxton Wyoming sheep <laughs> rants, I would suggest
0: <laughs> it's always a great starting place. <laughs> But that brings us on really, really nicely to what we're calling the ultimate, ultimate listener six-pack. So from, from all of the suggestions that, that, that we had, and obviously we've only covered uh, a few of them tonight, if you want to read through them all, again, there's a link in the show notes to the question. Click through on that. You can have a look at what everybody responded with. Um, but we had over 350 individual beers suggested for, for this particular six-pack idea. Um, and the six that came out... Out on top in terms of the most time they were requested. Now, how's this for a six-pack? All Val, Russian River, Pliny the Elder, Daya Steady Rolling Man, Augustina Brow, Lager Beer Hell, Saison DuPont, and Thornbridge
1: Jaipur. It's just missing a dark beer. That's the only thing.
0: Yeah, that is that is the only thing. Sadly, dark beers came way down the list. There wasn't really a single dark beer. I think probably the one that got requested the most was probably Guinness.
1: All oh, right, okay. I'm I'm, I'm slightly surprised. Um, I mean, they are Steady Rolling Man as definitely the newest beer on there. Um, yeah. It's not bad going, is it? I mean, it no. is a real favourite for a lot of people, Steady Rolling oh, it's,
0: Man. It's it's a beer that a lot of people uh, sort of call in a modern day classic, isn't it?
1: I, I would suggest people who say that are, qu- are quite correct. Um, that's it, It's in some illustrious company. In that Isn't list. it just?
0: I mean, if you saw that six pack on a shelf, you'd be buying that, wouldn't you?
1: Yeah, I'd. You'd be happy with that. I mean, uh, I mean, I've recently reacquainted myself with the Augustina Lager beer. Lager beer, and it's just a cracking beer. It's just cracking, and it puts me in mind of when I was in Munich. You know, Russian River, I've already mentioned that as being one of my fantasy picks. I love Orval. Um, You know, you could probably have Orval broken down into subcategories of ageing. Of years, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Um, But, yeah, that's not bad. You did well there, mate. Narrowing that down to the top six from the 350 suggestions yeah well it was i mean it's great you know
0: everybody was fantastic with this and it was brilliant to read through everybody's suggestions so thank you to every single person that that, that contributed to this and and please don't feel that this is the end of it so to keep your suggestions coming use the hashtag opinions and you may very well find yourself in this next part of the show let us know write it down let us know write it down let us know your thoughts and bitter in lingerness write it
1: down all right i uh Another long message, this time from Rich Taylor, he of the Victoria Inn in Colchester. I can only speak for the Colchester area in regards to beer festivals, but my personal opinion is that the Canberra Beer Festival is beginning to struggle. This is due to more pubs putting on beer festivals. And also a few years ago, Real Ale drinkers would go to a Canberra Beer Festival as it would showcase beers from all over the UK and surrounding areas that you wouldn't normally find in local pubs. Nowadays, however, pubs can source Real Ale pretty much from anywhere in the UK, and they are putting on more beer festivals themselves. Camera needs to reassess what their aim is. Real Ale is bigger than it has ever been, but pubs are still closing at an alarming rate, and this will only increase. What Camera needs to do is to refocus on saving pubs, training people and serving great Real Ale and helping breweries to survive. A town-wide beer festival would help to support so many pubs, but also could help pubs that don't normally have a great Real Ale offering. It's about working together to keep Real Ale alive and flowing. Thanks for that, Rich. I think there's so much in that uh, yeah. in that in that message, which you know, I think if anyone else wants to get involved in that, thinking about their own area, then you know, please carry the conversation on. Uh, but Rich, as ever, thanks for listening and thanks for sharing. Uh, from Sean O'Reilly, our previous guest, really enjoyed listening back to this. Especially glad that I did. Otherwise, I'd never have known, that I've now got my own jingle.
0: And continuing that theme uh, from Johnny Beerboy, Boy, Johnny Beerboy, the Uncruelier Statistics Jingle is everything. Statistics, 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 It was just something I found on the internet that I thought would would work in in that particular part <laughs> of the show. So if we've ever got any stats from Sean in the future, it, it may make a comeback. From your boy, Rob Edwards at Rob Edwards90, happiness at hearing my mates enjoying good conversation and good beers, balanced with a raging jealousy that I wasn't involved in that discussion.
1: <laughs> Brilliant. Um, hard to picture Rob raging if you see his um, running update pictures, I have to admit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah. He's elite athlete status. Yeah.
1: Uh, from Simon Clark at Simon Carbon, great show, guys. Good to hear Number Cruncher Sean on the show. Steve comments about Magic Rock rapture reminded me what an awesome beer that was i'm fully behind the campaign to bring back sparkled cask pints of that radiant red beast of a beer you'd never tell from the language simon's used there but he loves it
0: <laughs> hashtag bring back rapture
1: <laughs> and from michael and mick McGrawty, great show i always love it when the guest is a big fan of the show and that is from current number one fan
0: yeah it does it does always work so well when when, when the guests that we've got on actually listen to the show as well because they know what to expect from the discussions
1: yes yeah and it was good fun so thanks again Sean for being on the show
0: yeah from Jake Overton at Jacob Beer great show how I never picked up on the Ryan ghost ship I'll never know I've only drunk it a million times and then from Andrew Nichols at Andy RU73 Red Phantom and Camden on Sea are wonderful creations
1: I I don't think we'd disagree from Paul at UNRCD Great show, it was great to hear what Sean had to say uh, and more about his beer journey. I was lucky enough to have Camden C on cask and it's a lovely beer. That it was good going, getting that one on cask in the short space of time it was out in the yeah. in the wild. Um, uh, from Rasco and Disco Beer Review at Brasco and Disco. In terms of quality podcasts, look no further, or at least until we get one, this is great listening. Thank you very much.
0: Yeah, thank you. It sounds like there's another podcast potentially to look out for soon. From Wayne Irish Beersnob at Irish Beersnob, my opinions catching up is much easier now I'm working from home. Just finished the end of year review. Proud to keep the Irish flag flying, folks. And I think today Wayne also posted that he's finally caught up on, on all the last shows. So that's good going, Wayne. Well done, mate.
1: Yeah, he's had a bit of a blitzkrieg on that one, hasn't
0: he? Yeah, yeah. And then finally from Mark Johnson, uh, really enjoyed this one. Sean was the perfect guest for the beers and the poll discussion was great. Rapture was still being made on my last visit pre-COVID and a pint on cask is still always my first choice. Also love the answer to Ron's question, keep doing you. Thanks, Mark. That's uh, Really appreciate those comments.
1: Yeah, thanks for that, Mark. And again, some, crack- some cracking comments there in the uh, Bittery lingers, Steve
0: yes yeah as, as always just you can feedback what we're doing on the show use the hashtag opinions and we'll find you so we're coming to the end of our second beer um this keller pills for me is is really really hitting the spot um it's it's lovely it's, it's everything I, I want in
1: that particular style the keller beer i don't think is a million miles away from your keller pills the main difference thinking back to when i had the keller pills is probably the percentage this is 5.4 to your 4-6, did you say? 4-9. Four, nine. Four, nine. Um, yeah, it's got a bit more going on. It's got a little bit of bready quality. Um, really well balanced. I mean, again, I've sort of drank it out as we've been trying to stay lubricated while we go through all those comments and all the bitter and lingonous.
0: So let's move on to our final beer this evening. My third beer this evening is the Dunkel from Engel, and this comes in at 5.3%, and it is a lovely a coppery brown color with a nice big thick white head and i'm very very excited to try it what have you got in your glass mate
1: uh, a bit of that sounds and looks very similar steve however mine is the hefeweizen dunkel version at five percent Let's uh, waste no more time cheers cheers oh i like that it's definitely got a bit of that sort of a banana chew flavor and aroma going on but not too much not too sweet and sickly it definitely feels more like a banana chew than a banana, as in the fruit itself. I like the the the. the if this feels like the right kind of beer to be drinking on a day like today. Yeah, done cool. yeah. Um,
0: when 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 I tried that, I um, I, I I thought it was very very reminiscent of an English bitter. Uh, and and then I found it had kind of almost really really subtle licoricey notes on on the finish of it as as, as well. I didn't necessarily get the, the the banana from it because I don't like that in a beer. Um. So so I'm not that's not a style that I'm a great fan of. But yeah, I, I I just found it more more reminiscent of an English bitter than anything else.
1: Okay. Yeah. I mean, I that's definitely not a descriptor I would use. And in this kind of style of beer, then that sort of banana element is is fine with me i wouldn't want the uh, the majority of my beers to have <laughs> a banana chew uh aroma and flavor but that's sitting quite nicely it's uh it, because it's a bit darker it feels a bit more warming as well um and that could just be perception as much as anything else um what's your uh non-hefeweizen version of the dunkel light steve
0: it's, it's delicious. It, it, it's like a brown owl. It's um, it's kind of nutty. It's caramelly. It's malty, but it's still really, really refreshing. Kind of in in the way that um, that the, the, the Budvar Dark is. You know, you, you know, you're drinking a lager, but it it's you're getting all of those dark characteristics from it at the same time. This is exactly the same. Um, this is really, really delicious. I think, I think out of the three beers, I mean, the Keller pills that, that I had was, was great. Um, but this just takes it up a level and I, and I think obviously having tried the three that you've done tonight as well. So out of the six of them, I, I think my pick of the bunch would actually be this dunkel because I think it, it's just working perfectly
1: for me. I, again, I enjoyed the Dunkel when I had it, and it would definitely be up there. Um, and now having the and Dunkel, the dark beers may just have the edge, partly because maybe, like the Kellerbier and the Kellerpils, there are better versions out there. Um, and But this Hefeweizen Dunkel and the Dunkel you had, I think it, it will stand up to a few other ones as well.
0: Oh yeah, yeah, and maybe there is an element of time of year in, in that as well. You know, we're drinking a dark beer in 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 the middle of winter. It's it's maybe just working. Would would this be as 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 delicious and refreshing in the summer? I think you knows? and I,
1: I think we would probably say yes because we, we've long said that dark beers aren't just for Christmas.
0: Well, I think I think both of us have gone on record many times to to say that the um, that the Budvar Dark is 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 our preferred beer that that that, that they produce.
1: Yeah, I mean, to be fair, if um, you know Tesco do quite a good deal on their cans. If that, if something the dark beer ended up in cans and was part of that same offer, I'd have I'd have more the dark beer than the Budvar as fridge filler. Yeah,
0: absolutely. I'm, I'm, I'm with you on that. I'm with you on that. So while we enjoy this last beer of the evening, we've got a couple of questions from our listeners this week. Questions, questions, fill my head. First up from Miles Lambert, because he didn't already get enough comments (laughs) in in this week's show. Uh, Some good news, some bad news. Bad news is you're trapped in one room for the rest of your life. Good news is you can have a supply of beer. However, you can only have one dispense. Do you go for cask, hample, or a keg tap? Choose wisely. Martin... Away you go, king of cask. Keg. Oh, really? Okay, yeah. you surprise me.
1: Um, if <laughs> you I've only really got,
0: surprised me.
1: If I've only got one tap and I'm relying on that being the only supply of beer I've got, and it may be down to me to look after the said dispense method, I'm going keg, mate.
0: Okay, well, I'm, I'm with you on, on that then. I, I, I was always going to be keg, wasn't I? I, I was never going to go for cask in, in no. this situation. No,
1: I, I just think there's too much risk. You know, I've written down. I've written down a note for myself. I don't want to risk poor beer, poor celery, etc. The only question is, I suppose, at some point we might actually have to name which beer it will be, Steve.
0: Well, I'm I'm sure Miles will want us to follow up on that as uh, as well. (laughs) Maybe that's another. Maybe that's another fantasy topic for us to, to to visit at some point in the future. And then the other question this week is taking us full circle back to this week's news. So um, particularly around the Anchor rebrand, Ronnie Bean posted a picture of of the new uh, Anchor range and um, said, are solid blocks of colour? going to be a labeling thing this year and he then related that to a picture that i had posted um, because we were sent some beers by um new belgium their uk brewed voodoo ranger and their cans are solid color with a single image on the front So, so ron was asking does he think that this is the way that labeling's going this year and in the future um what what do you think about that? I mean, I think we might have touched on it earlier on in terms of saying these these beers are obviously being designed for supermarket shelves,
1: aren't they? yeah, and that's that again it is bringing us full circle because yeah the 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 dominant colour on the voodoo ranger, which is being contract brewed out of Forpure, is very much that orange background which lends itself to the colour of the beer. Um, the anchor one, which we've already referenced, solid yellow, solid green, solid dark blue and brown. Um, to me, they all feel like they're trying to dominate supermarket shelves rather than specialist uh, retailers. That's what it looks like to me.
0: Yeah. And I, I, and, but that's the environment that they're going into, though, isn't it? And, and if you've got all those things that look the same on a shelf, nothing's going to stand out.
1: No, it's 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 getting a bit generic and samey, and you know the 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 bit you referenced earlier with the M and S ones, which you know the example that Pete showed was the free beers that Adams do with M and S, and you know we're, we're aware we know it's an M and S beer, we know they've used Adnams, but yes, it's quite a generic type of branding that they've used. <sighs> yeah, it's 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 a very good question from Ron, but it's a shame we had to look at the Anchor one again picture again because it's just a bit depressing
0: it's it's sad it is I, I just yeah i um we, we've, we've we've shared our views on that and there's, we've there's shared our views on that but uh,
1: yeah I, I i don't think i think ron might be right i think that solid blocking is definitely going to be a bit of a thing and definitely a bit of a thing if you want to get into the supermarkets
0: yes yeah but as, as always if anybody else has got any views on that um share your thoughts using the hashtag opinions we're into our final picks of our fantasy six-packs. So we've got, we've got two beers left each. Uh, so, Martin, what is beer number five for you?
1: 10.5%. So double figures for the first time here, I, I, I'll add. Um, a, Flan, a Flanders Oud Brun, and it's, again, it is from the States. It's called The Dissident, and it's from Deschutes Brewery. And I'm sure there's about five or six words I've used in the last two sentences that I have butchered completely. I'd, I'd <laughs> like to know
0: when you said "ood
1: boone, why you did it in a Scottish accent. <laughs> I don't know. Right? I don't know where that came from, um, but I'll be trying to avoid doing it ever again. Um, this beer, 9%. Oh, no, it says uh, 10.5%. It was 9% once. It's actually gone the other way. Oh, so it's, it's, got, it's got stronger. It's got stronger, yeah, which is quite unusual, actually, when beers get reframed, to be honest, I think. Um, tasting notes, magically tart and sweet at the same time the fruit and acidity make this beer very food friendly, cutting the heaviness of creamy dishes or cooling spicy ones, thanks to the cherry notes, the beer also pairs well with chocolate Um, it just sounds like a lovely beer I like the sour Flanders old brown beers Um, always been a big fan of those, I think it will sit very well with some of the other beers I've got and we'll build up rather nicely to to the sixth and final beer in my list. But before we get to that, Steve, going down memory lane, what's yes. your fifth choice?
0: Okay, so I am all the way back in 2014 now. Uh, both of my last beers are from 2014. Um, so the first one is from late in 2014. It was around about November uh, I think I remember getting invited to the launch event. It was a beer at the time that many, uh, many people were describing as an absolute game changer. And that is Camden IHL, the original Camden IHL when it was first released. It's about six and a half percent. It was just a stunning beer. And I remember going to the the, the launch event with uh, a listener of the show Justin Mason who um, and we both drank our fair share of it that evening and fair, fair was, share
1: Steve fair share
0: fair, well we, we had enough um, it was <laughs> it was an eventful journey home on the the, the London overground that's for sure The only words that can be used to describe that beer at the time uh, were game changer. It was uh, the first time that someone had taken a lager and thrown hops in it and made it as hoppy as uh, an IPA. And it was it was absolutely incredible. And the the, the launch event was fantastic. It was in um, this sort of underground space in Camden. Fantastic evening. And, and it's just, again, it's, it's, I want to be taken back to that moment in time where, where I first tried that beer and, and was blown away by what it tasted like.
1: Yeah, I've got a similar story, actually, Steve, with the IHL. Uh, when the Draft House uh, I reopened the pub on Columbia Road called the Bird Cage, I think and they did one of these soft openings. So I went there with Clayton after work and they were doing like 50% off. And I did decide that, oh, IHL. It's about £3.50. I'd have pints of that. <laughs> and I'll tell you what, though. Yeah, <laughs> yeah.
0: It catches up on you. <laughs> it, it very much does. But, but yeah, what a great beer that was back when it was first launched. It was incredible. Oh, it was
1: a, it was a cracking beer. And it is such a shame that that has been mucked around with since then. Yeah, well, it does. For all intents and purposes, it doesn't actually exist anymore, does it? No. It, for me, it's not, you know. Yeah. It's, it is a shame because that, I thought that was a cracking beer. And the phrase "game changer," I think it's very appropriate actually for that beer.
0: Yeah, it's, it's it's the only it's the only word that fits with it really. What's your last beer of, of your six pack?
1: It's from Port Brewing Company. It is eleven uh, percent. It's, it's described and untapped as an Imperial IPA, and it's called Hop Fifteen. And the reason it's called Hop Fifteen is because it has got fifteen different hop varieties in it. What? exactly so apparently um it was brewed as a special for the 15th anniversary of the pizza port restaurant in solana beach california it's now an all it's now an all year round brew and originally uh they put 15 different hop varieties in a hat and pull out uh which uh pull out on a piece of paper and then that's the order the hops would be added excellent as well i love that Um, so, so do I, um, you know, in, in a certain amount. And I think again, at the time for the, I don't know how big a brew it was, but they were using 15 ounces of the hop. So the hop 15 runs through the name quite a few times. so, you know, uh, 15th anniversary of the, of the pizza place, 15 hops, 15 ounces of each hop, um, tasting notes, a huge hop aroma spills out as soon as hop 15 is uncapped. The flavors follow through on the hoppy promise with a backbone of multi-sweetness and a pleasant measure of alcohol. Now that sounds right up our street. That,
0: uh, yeah, it's that sounds it's like it's almost in the realms of the um dogfish head 120-minute IPA. Yes. Yeah, yeah. In in terms of how aggressively hoppy it might be.
1: Yeah, I, I just love that little bit of that, they've, they've sort of hit on this 15 anniversary amount amount of hops um so yeah i would i would absolutely love to try that beer and that is the sixth and final beer in my six pack
0: excellent excellent i mean that's that's a great six pack but we'll we'll come back and we'll, we'll run down the, the six choices after i've shared my final choice now this is another one that has a, a specific date attached to it so this is from 22nd of august 2014 And it's one that's probably going to surprise a lot of people, actually. Um, It's Punk IPA. But (laughs) why that date, though? That's what I'm curious about. Because it's a bottle of Punk IPA that I was given straight off of the bottling line by James Watt when I visited the Brewdog facility in Ellen. it was incredible. Uh, I mean, yeah, there's there's a lot of theatre about being handed uh, a bottle of beer straight off of the bottling line by the, the owner of, of un, unquestionably one of the, the biggest breweries in the UK right now. But it also tasted fantastic. It, it tasted really, really good. And it was as, as, as fresh as you like. You know, it's literally straight off the bottling line. It was the first press trip i'd ever been invited on as, as as well as part of the beer o'clock show so there's a lot of memories attached to it uh, in, in in regards to that it's where i first met um wayne uh, uh, the the irish beer snob as as well so sort of friendships were formed at that time as well but yeah just that little bit of theater of of james picking a bottle off of the bottling line and handing it to everybody in the group and saying here you go here you go here you go The most amazing tasting bottle of punk IPA you're ever likely to have straight off of that bottling line. It's just um, it's just one that really, really stayed with me. And and yeah, I think a lot of people are going to be surprised by that one. But it's the whole moment thing with 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 that particular bottle.
1: Well, you say, but you know, according to your list, three hundred and fifty beers chosen, punk IPA was, was was you know would have been high up there. And people have it as part of their beer journey, their their beer awakening. Yeah. Um, you know, again, you know, we've referenced it plenty of times. Other people have referenced it plenty of times. There's lots of baggage which comes with Brewdog. But I remember when we presented Punk IPA in one of our early beer tastings at work, and that was really a Marmite beer. There were some people who were completely blown away by it. We, we had the 660 Bombers as part of a beer festival. So, again, it looked a bit different for a lot of people. And then there was people going, oh, I can't get past the bubble gum. You know, that bubblegum aroma that you often used to associate with punk IPA. And they were going, well, oh, I had to spit it out or throw it away. I couldn't drink any more of it. And then there were people who absolutely loved it and fell in love with Brewdog as a part of it. So, yeah, I, I can understand that. I mate. Mean, mate, you're in Ellen, which you would never have chosen to go to. You would have suddenly said, I'm going to go to Ellen today. I mean, me. it's so far north from where we yeah. live. You must have got a nosebleed on the way up there.
0: Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, without a doubt. But yeah, it was it was just one where I, I mean, I, I will say there were a lot of beers vying for this six pack. I've actually got I've actually got three six packs that I was unsure as to which one I was going to go with. And and the, the one that I went with, I, I could attach more memories to each of the beers than than with the other two lists. But but yeah, for, for me it was like like I say, just that 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 moment of you know you're caught up in this this excitement of being on this trip when and you've met all these amazing people and then you're handed a bottle of beer straight off of the the, the, the bottle line and it, it was just tasting delicious. As, as, yeah, as, 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 as Mate, well.
1: We've talked about it before, like you know beers in certain places, memories, the old factory system. I mean, one of the guys or you know one of the people who came back to us on the on the poll picked beers from the '90s in places. And some yeah. of those places may not even exist now i don't know um so there's obviously a lot of memories attached for people i mean is this a good a good time for you to revisit your whole six
0: yes yeah i'll, I'll just i'll just run down my six of, So of people have got it all in one place so uh, elusive brew oregon trail dupont avec le bonvo beaver town and three floyd's heavy lord cigar city invasion Camden I, IHL and Brewdog Punk IPA those, that's, that's my fantasy six pack let me revisit that every time and every time I open one of those beers I'm going to get that memory again because that's what I've kind of associated with each of those beers, what's, what's your six pack mate?
1: So again I'm going to do it in the uh, low to high ABV, so we have the Louis Pep Framboise from uh, Cantillon, from Hotworks Urban Brewery, the Survival Seven Grain Stout followed up with the Cascade Creek at 7.4%. The uh, infamous and much lauded Pl- Pliny the Elder, 8%. Dissident from Deschutes Brewery, uh, Fla- Flanders Old Brune, 10.5%. And finally, the Hop 15, A- 15 Ale Imperial IPA, 11%. All of my beers were chosen from Chapter 5 Speciality Ales, 1,001 beers to try before you die. And I have to admit, it's one of these books that I have had for a while. You know, when people think about, oh, you know, you like beer and you end up with a book or if you're really unlucky, you end up with one of those supermarket world beer packs or something. Luckily, this was the book. I I, I, actually made me go through it all. I actually went through the whole chapter and these beers, five of them were, well, Cantillon, obviously I'm familiar with, but Pliny the Elder, heard plenty about but some of the other beers i'd never heard about at all and just the picture and the words was enough to draw me in and go yeah you're going to be in my fantasy six-pack however i do have other lists on the go as well i have to admit
0: yeah like so I've, i've got another two so i mean maybe this is one that we do um fantasy six pack two and fantasy six pack three. I, I think I think this one's potentially got legs for us to, to revisit, but I have really, really enjoyed um, thinking about those choices and thinking about the six beers. And it's been great listening to what everybody has said in terms of what their six beers are as, as, as well. And yeah, it's, 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 been, it's been a really enjoyable kind of fantasy trip again, hasn't it?
1: Yeah, it has. And also we, we went for very different themes as yes. well. Yeah. So that was quite nice because it's a it's complete compare and contrast, and the beers you've chosen. Uh, some of those beers I can picture moments as well. I reckon that on people's beer bingo, unhuman cannonball has let a lot of people down on that accumulator, mate.
0: Uh, yes, cannonball, rhiney as as well. Sorry to everyone that had that on 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 their bingo, <laughs> um, but just felt maybe a little bit too obvious. For, for me to do that but yeah it's been it's been a lot of fun and i, I do enjoy these fantasy shows they, they they are a lot of fun because they let us run 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 a little bit wild of our imagination as as, yeah. as well and, and this yeah, one in particular coming. yeah this one in particular has been great like i say for me because it's it's allowed me to revisit moments in time as, as as well and attach memories to beers which is which which i've really enjoyed doing
1: yeah no it has been fun so if anyone else has got any more fantasy suggestions please keep them coming because we will find a time to use them.
0: Oh, absolutely. But I'm, I'm amazed. I, I said this to you in a, in preparation of this show, but it's, it's been almost a year since we last did a fantasy subject. I was and, really surprised. And that really surprised me because I, I thought we'd done one in the summer, you, you, you know, but um, yeah, it's been nearly a year since we, we last did one of these. And they're, they're fun to do. So as, as Martin says, keep, keep, keep the ideas coming, use the hashtag opinions. We will find that. Final thoughts on your last beer this evening.
1: I'm really enjoying it. The banana um, aroma and the banana flavour sort of eased off as I've got used to it, um, and it, so it's probably not a million miles away from the straight dunkel right now. But I've almost finished it, and I think having tried the sixth now, the six beers that we got sent through, but from the sausage man, very much like a lot of the beers I experience from Germany or when I go to Germany. They are all – and it's, this is not meant in a disparaging way. They're all solid.
0: Yeah, they, the, they are the, solid beers, yeah.
1: All these beers were solid. I, I've enjoyed every single one of them. The Keller beer and the Dunkel have probably been my two favourites. But, yeah, I've enjoyed them. And, yeah, the the screw cap, maybe we'll come back to that again one day. It's still a bit of an oddity for me. You know, we haven't really opened the beers on air because there's no real noise There's no theatre to it, is there? And that's the thing. There isn't a theatre to it, is it? It's not. There's there's no cap coming off and a bit of a hiss. There's no cork and cage. Even a can brings you more theatre than a screw top. I would be curious to know why they've gone for a screw top. The Germans do like their drinking, just when they're walking around. Unlike over here, where it's almost frowned upon the the public drinking. You can go to a lot of the kiosks and buy beers. So I, I. I don't know what sort of market these beers are aimed at in Germany, but maybe there is that element of, well, they're going to pick it up from the kiosk. They're probably going to want to drink it within the five minutes of where the kiosk is. Therefore, why do we want to make it difficult for them? Yeah.
0: And you've also got the potential of resealing it as, as well, haven't you, in in, in the bottle.
1: Yeah. I've never, I've never tried that. No,
0: why would you? <laughs> why, why, why would you reseal a beer?
1: Um... Uh, what, what's your final thoughts on your dunkel?
0: I uh, I'm loving it. Out, uh, out certainly out of the three beers this evening it's been the one that I've enjoyed the most. Um I think I mentioned earlier probably out of the six beers that I've tried it it would be the one that's at the top for me closely followed by the Keller Pills after. Um, but as you say, they've, they're just they're just solid beers. They're they're really really solid. But and and we are really really appreciative of the Sausage Man for um, offering us to send us these beers to try. And if you want to try them yourself, there is a discount code available for our listeners on the Sausage Man website, which will be linked to in the show notes. Uh, the discount is Beer O'clock Fifteen, and that will entitle you to fifteen percent off of beers and also their sausages that they sell on their website as well. So if you want some German sausage and some German beer, um, head over to the Sausage Man and use the discount code and get yourself 15% off. Give them a try. Uh, you've got nothing
1: to lose, really. Cool. Like I said, solid beers. Um, I might have a look at the sausages myself.
0: <laughs> I, th- I, th- I think there are a few people that will be interested in the sausages, at- actually, yeah. but, um, yeah, yeah, really, really enjoyed them. What have we got coming up next time, mate?
1: Very excited. I'm, I'm very, very excited, excited about our next show.
0: Yeah.
1: About our next show, mate. We have the head brewer from Roosters joining us, Ollie Fozard. We know we're going to talk about the brewery, we're going to talk about the history, the importance, of provenance, and best of all, we're going to drink Roosters beers on the show.
0: We we are they are a brewery that hold a special place in a lot of people's hearts. I mean, they are widely recognized as being one of the first craft breweries in 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 the uk if if there is such a thing but they um certainly were the first to start experimenting with american hops when sean franklin owned and and, and ran the brewery yeah um, but yeah very much looking forward to having ol on with us and chatting to us about um how it's still a family business now and their approach to beers and and, and, and brewing and essentially you know continuing putting out great beers during a very, very difficult time that we still find ourselves in. So really looking forward to that. If any of our listeners have got questions for all, let us know, use the hashtag opinions, and we will make sure to ask them. And with that, I think we probably are wrapping the Fantasy Six Pack, aren't we?
1: Yeah, it's been great fun, Steve. I've enjoyed the beers. I've enjoyed learning about your Fantasy Six Pack and sharing my ones as well. And I really look forward to this conversation carrying on on Twitter yeah yeah me
0: too so likewise enjoyed listening to yours mate and we will be back soon to enjoy some more beers cheers cheers